0: is special here on crazy Poultry inc i am Gala Loco and joined once again from the faraway country of california we have our special kernel of music back here to read us a passage from what he's titled the book of moses and that being moses posada thank you very much for being back and joining me again thanks for having me Ian. that's uh that's a pleasure Getting all this long-distance stuff
1: worked out is always tricky, but hopefully we found a system that can work. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure with uh, the pandemic, just about every video software is pretty well tweaked out by now. It should be uh, ready to go.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, there's Skype, there's Zoom, there's so many others. Uh, but uh, Yeah, I, I
1: did a Zoom call once. Me and a buddy tried to play guitar at the same time. It didn't work out very well. <laughs> I, I did three Zoom calls,
0: and I was with you know members of my other family. So, but I've not I've not tried it out with you and stuff. And I'm happy I can now see your face again for the first time. <laughs> so I didn't get to go back out there, uh, but yeah. Uh, do you want to inform our listeners about what this Book of Moses is?
1: Well, for our first chapter, we're going to touch on one of the classic um, new wave of British heavy metal albums, Judas Priest's British Steel. Um... album yeah huge album it was a uh, hard to believe it was released 41 years ago I was still in 8th grade and you were a, a long time from being born <laughs> do, do we want to describe what I was by that point
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, you, you weren't even thought of
2: <laughs> but um, yeah it's, um,
1: I didn't actually start listening to Heavy metal until a few months after it was released in the summer of 1980. Um, mm-hmm. I actually had a friend of mine <clears throat> come over, and that'll be another album for another day. He uh, mm-hmm. had a Black Sabbath Paranoid mm-hmm. and he put uh, Iron Man on. And I'm right off the bat, I'm like, hey, I know that song. And then the riff came in, and I remembered your mom playing it in her room. And that, that's why it sounded so familiar to me. And then from that, it just was off to the races. So yeah, but ho- hopefully when that album's talked about, she's actually here to join. So that'd be nice. Yeah. But, but, um, anyway, yeah, the British Steel was brand new at the time. And, um, yeah, the breaking the law, which he just played right there. Um, I started playing guitar about a year later, and that is pretty much a staple of all brand new uh, guitar players that want to play heavy metal, because it's uh, fairly simple, and mm-hmm. there's no guitar solo. Very true. Yep. Yeah, so, it's uh, and it's a very short song. It's only about two and a half minutes. Yeah, I think that's about... I mean,
0: we could. If I if I were to dive into that, I get like kind of like a punk kind of vibe from it. You know, it's the same thing, kind of just over and over. There's no guitar solo or something. It's just like we're we're here to make attitude. We're getting our message, and then we're out. Yep, yeah, that's right. Really, just blasting through and getting out of here. Yeah. <laughs> but that, but that's a good point that you bring because <clears throat> I've always thought of um, punk
1: and heavy metal being either brothers or stepbrothers. But they they both came from the UK primarily. And the scene... At least the
0: most popular ones, yeah. Yeah,
1: and there was a lot of overlap with the scenes, the punk scene and the the metal scene. And that even started happening over here. um, A few years later, when Metallica came out, and they were... Because they were so fast, which... By today's standards, they're not anymore. But at the time, they were so fast that the only gigs that they could get on were punk gigs, yeah. and and that's when you started having the uh, the mosh pits because the punkers were already doing that.
2: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> so a lot of overlap in, the, in those two genres. But at the time, I did not like punk, um, and I've grown to appreciate a lot of it. So. There's a lot of good stuff out there. <laughs> but I,
0: I've noticed a number of artists that I listen to whenever they talk about albums that influence them. They're usually punk rock albums. Uh, and it's because of the veracity and because of the messaging behind them because they were talking about real things. like oh, yeah. They touched very, on politics. They touched on political. their uh, stuff like that. But also with Metallic and stuff, like that was like, the thrash kind of scene. So that and punk, they're kind of close in the fact they like to go a little fast, but thrash is a little bit more, like they want to actually play solos, basically. Right. Uh, and there's a bit more depth there. Yeah. I, too, have just never been a giant punk fan. I, always just, I, I was just like, I, I don't want something so simplistic. It just kind of feels like it's all the same a lot. I've grown to appreciate a number of things, but I still don't consider myself a giant punk fan. If anything, I check out more punk stuff because more metalheads tell me to.
1: I think punk is kind of like hockey. You have to go and see it to really appreciate it. It's not. It's not the same otherwise. Um, and I've never been to a punk gig, but nope. there there was a place just a couple miles away from where I live called Fender's Ballroom and they used to have tons of punk gigs and i see old videos. Man, those people got crazy. So, yeah. uh, I'm sure it was a lot closest, of fun.
0: The closest that I've been to would be a hardcore show which that's kind of like the more popular version of punk where it's like they still play Veracity and Speed and they talk a lot about political and real issues but they have a bit more like we're not just trying to sound like ah! okay 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 um but that's the closest for me uh and i was in a uh rented out like apartment area that was kind of like a freddy cougar vibe to it i was like okay i'm gonna go as far as i can to the corner because i don't like to watch uh, but uh well. I, I was just there because a band that I really liked was there, and they were all the way from Australia to be here. So I was like, "I gotta go see them." Uh, but yeah, uh, but like as far as British Steel, uh, how did that impact a bit more for you, you especially?
1: Um, definitely, as a young guitar player, um, a lot of these songs—they're—you probably noticed that they're. They can sound a little bit similar one to another, and that's because they're all written in either the key of E or A. So yeah. you have got a very uh, constant uh, key with throughout the whole album for the most part. Um, but the songs are all unique in their in their own in their own right. But um, yeah, uh, you end up probably. Oh my gosh, I probably played three or four songs off that album once I started playing gigs. It was uh, just really popular. Um, and funny thing is, a little side note, nobody knew back then that Rob Halford was gay. <laughs> and then, and when looked, he said, and then when he said it, everybody looked at the pictures and said, how did <laughs> we not see this? I know, or look, look back at the old videos and it's like, oh yeah. my gosh, what, what was I thinking? But... Yeah, it doesn't, not that it matters or anything, but it's just like, man, he, they developed their wardrobe by going to a gay S&M uh, shop. <laughs> and so, that then somehow spawned off into like the actual
0: metal look and yeah. in some way probably helped inspire like the black metal scene too. So it's like it's a very weird contrast here. But it, ultimately, it's okay, because everybody then looks at that and is kind of afraid
1: of it in some way. I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever seen it before. There's a, a video called Heavy Metal Parking Lot. Have you heard of that? Yes. yes. Did, you see, did you see it? Uh, yeah. I, I actually
0: a couple of other metal heads at my previous job. Pulled it up on the work <laughs> computer, which... We were like, we have to watch this and then get out right away. Uh, but they are like, look at this. This is a video of people outside of a Jewish priest concert trying to sing and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, my God, these people
1: thought it was this easy. <laughs> oh, but then and then it was hilarious. just like that. I'm pretty sure that was filmed in Baltimore. But I swear, you, the scene is exactly like you saw on that, on that video. It was the same thing over here. And... Um, everybody just partying in, in the parking lot before they go into the show it's it was a great it a great time but I always remember um, there's a girl on the, on that video and the guy that was doing the documentary says what do you think of Rob Alfred and she says I jump his bones Well. <laughs> so, it goes to show how oblivious everybody was at the time, that's for sure. But um, well, my mean, first time my first time seeing them was actually at the Us Festival. Yeah. Which just, just had yeah, just, its, a, uh, just to clarify, I still have never seen them. But. Okay. Well, I don't know if I'd bother seeing them now because mm-hmm. I mean they only have Rob Halford and Ian Hill, the bass player, that's the original guys now. Um, I could still say I met Ian. <laughs> A fellow Ian being another Eaton. That's right. But um yeah, I don't I, it just wouldn't be the same. It's almost like I mean other than Halford of course, but mm-hmm. it's starting to get more like a, a tribute band in a way, you know, so I don't know. Halford's cool, he's still out there rocking. Yep. So but uh anyway, back to the uh the history of this album. Yes, Uh, it was recorded in Ringo Starr's mansion, and I guess it was the mansion was on a property that had a studio, but the but the band preferred the sound that they were getting from inside that house, which is not Mm -hmm. uncommon. I remember Zeppelin said that they had recorded um, Zeppelin Four inside a. Uh, a mansion as well and they would find all the best rooms with the perfect acoustics for whatever instruments they were playing and they'd all be holed up in these different rooms and laying down their tracks <clears throat> but um yeah. if you just to give a little uh, background if you want to queue up the solo on Metal Gods
0: oh, I'll uh, be my best.
1: it should be around uh, eh, probably a couple minutes in
0: Okay. Uh. <sharp inhale> <sharp inhale> <sharp inhale> <sharp inhale>
1: and the guitarist um, said that he was trying to come up with a guitar solo for that song he didn't like anything that he was, that he was playing and after trying for however long he just said you know I'm going to walk away from this and come back with a, a fresh start and he went to uh, a pub nearby and got a hammer and came back to the studio and says Turn it on, let's give it another shot. And he recorded that solo drunk. <laughs> uh, but some things in music
0: I am sure are done a lot intoxicated or stuff, so I don't oh, yeah. think that's a big surprise. No, especially uh, especially like back in the seventies too. But Yeah. But and uh, just and just to kind of touch on the song also, Metal Gods, that has now jumped to probably my probably top five used pre-songs. I really like it. I I, 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 I like the rhythm of it and the guitar solos too. Now that yeah. I know that they're that it's drunk, it just kinda makes it even more impressive.
1: So fast forward to the end of the song, maybe about half half a minute before the end, so probably around three minutes thirty. Metal gods, and we just envisioned these metal clad soldier things all marching in unison and all their armor making that sound. Um, In reality, what they did is they pulled out the cutlery drawer at Ringo Starr's house and just went like this with it.
0: I'm wondering how much Ringo Starr was just like what did I do why did I let these guys in here you know he made a damn good album in his house that's for sure is it known if he was there during the
1: recording Uh, I kind of doubt it I think he he was he was probably just renting the place out you know to people that uh, wanted to do that so it's doubtful um but anyway,
0: uh, If I could, since uh, just to mention here, I think that this has a this album, British Steel, has a great opening with Rapid Fire. I just love the guitar sound of this. Oh yeah. <laughs> Think that that kind of is in a way of elevating that whole kind of punk kind of feel a little bit. Right. Getting going, we're getting the album started, and I'm pumped and I'm ready
1: to go. And that and that was pretty fast for back then. Yeah. Uh, that's for sure. For, for 1980. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um. To to go a couple songs further, there's a song called United, and uh, mm-hmm. my oldest friend Gilbert. Uh, it's the one song on the album he does not like and he he thinks it's cheesy and mm-hmm. I know he thinks he thinks that because it sounds like an anthem mm-hmm. um but I've always liked the song and I think it kind of uh, describes the metal community as a whole um, there was uh, a study that was done on people that came out of the 80s and it was they segregated them by the kind of music that they listened to and determined how did they end up and the one group that ended up uh stable you know families good jobs whatever was the metal community they ended up better than the pop people or the hip-hop whatever because they always had a sense of community. You know, didn't matter what your political affiliations were or religious or whatever, you see a guy wearing a maiden shirt or whatever, you got a bond automatically, you know? Yeah. And we always we always got along. We were always in big groups. Um, yeah. It seemed like every time we hung out, there was at least 10 people around, you know? So yeah. it was. Uh, well, well, just Very to cool. give the, listen, the
0: listeners a feel, like, let's have a little bit of fun We can do it. We can do it. And if they want, they can't.
2: They'll never get here. They can get out of here.
1: sounding voice yeah uh, now
0: I, I am going to have to say something here I do feel a lot like your friend <laughs> not, <laughs> n- not in the full way because like you know with y- your the whole backstory and stuff like that I-, I get that I look at it as the conception of the album and when you have like rapid fire metal gods breaking the law grinder these are all kind of pretty intense going out. like Metal God is a little bit softer as far as like, you know, the veracity and stuff, but it just feels like then the album comes to a halt. And it's just like, and we're all together and we're cool with each other. And it's like, you know, that song just, should have been put at the end of the album. Um, yeah, I could have understood it there. Uh, Because to me, it mostly because it just felt like the whole previous before that is like we're like like, we're like very against something. We're against the system. We're against all these things, and then it's like it can kind of come off like you're mixing your signals a little. Like, but even though you are still stating, "Hey, the people that are with us, we are with you and stuff," so I can understand the sentiment. It's just that every time it came on, I was just like. I, I feel like I just have to sit here, <laughs> and, and, and the whole time, and, and, and like the rest of the album, pretty much, I'm like, yes, yes,
1: yes, yes, this is awesome. Yeah, it definitely and, should uh, should have been the the closing song on the on the side too. Uh, that was actually in the, for vinyl anyway. That was the last song of side one, so uh, kind of poorly placed, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, that song. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. Oh, and uh the original closer is red, white and blue,
1: right? At least
0: that, that's what I see.
1: That wasn't at, on the album when I bought it. Uh uh-huh. I, I don't know. I, I saw that on Spotify and I was like, "Hmm. I don't remember that being on the album. It it wasn't on there. Um the last one was Steeler. Steeler. Okay. That <laughs> but, makes a bit more sense. But Steeler. uh that, but as far as songs that kind of stick out as not kind of belonging on the album, that and The Rage is a really different song. It's almost a little jazzy.
2: Just yeah. With
1: a, with a kind of funky bass line and the, the delicate guitar intro. It, it, it pumps back up, but it's, it's a, a different kind of a song. Well, and that's, it,
0: it, that happens right after, you know, Living After Midnight, which is another, you know, big <clears throat> single off of the album. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's funny is, like, for me, Breaking the Law and Living After Midnight were two of the staples that I always listen to. Uh, and then now going back, I listened to this album five times this week. It's, that's how much free time I can have at work to listen to music. That's awesome. Uh, and... Uh, I actually now find myself thinking "Breaking the Law" and "Living After Midnight" are kind of at the bottom now. Because I really like "Rapid Fire." I really like "Metal Gods." Uh, you don't have to be old to be wise. I think it's an underrated one. Oh, big time!
1: I think it has a really great guitar solo in it. Yep, yeah. um, "Breaking the Law" and uh, "Living After Midnight." Those are. I wouldn't doubt if they released those as singles back in the day. Those were like the the, the hits off the album. So, but still great songs.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you could easily see those as being the singles because that's, uh, one is kind of looked at as like, you know, that kind of up anthem of like, you know, going against the system and it's fast and ferocity. The other one's like, Let's
1: have a good time. Let's have a good time. Yeah. Uh, and then, I'm sure they get the most airplay out of all the songs. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah they do. Uh, sure. I
0: sure. I, I don't think Breaking I think Breaking the Law is easily the most played Jewsbury
1: song out of, uh, out of all the catalog. Yeah, most definitely. And it's interesting that this is like their breakthrough album especially here in America and Mm -hmm. it's their sixth album. Yeah. That was one thing I noticed. Took them a while to catch on, you know, but there was so much good music coming out, especially when the eighties hit that as far as uh, metal and hard rock was concerned, it was just one thing after another. It was just so much good stuff. It was a, unbelievable especially you know from the brits so yeah it was a good time I, to uh be pumping out music that's for sure I, constant, I constantly
0: hear people saying hey if you think good music was happening here look over at britain because <laughs> there was probably just as many and just more good quality as far as yeah. like this type of music
1: right uh, but all the, all the british bands knew um once if we make it in america we know we've made it yeah
0: you're you're not really made it until you make it into america yeah and i mean of course it being like their sixth album and finally getting noticed, i think that's a darn shame especially when you go back and you're like sin sin after sin was their second album and that's a damn good album uh, yeah but, you had to be a uh, real a real connoisseur of hard rock to have been into Priest before this album came out oh because then you it was like I got my hands on this European
1: music that is probably barely coming over here too right and, yeah. I, and I wouldn't be surprised if the record stores had to sell it as an import mm-hmm. those, were all, those were always more expensive
0: oh yeah shipping costs and handling them getting over here The the overhead for that, they probably had a very limited strain on what artists they were bringing over. That's Uh, right. But but this is, you know, before Iron Maiden starts to make it big. This is before a lot of actually now staples of the genre started to make it. Of course, there was Black Sabbath before this and stuff, and Ozzy's. You know, debut album a year later,
1: which you know that might be something
0: else talked about.
1: Yeah, I I did mention the Diary of a Madman only because um, you know, of course that'll be for another show. But um, I had mentioned that only because the the sound um, of Randy Rhodes evolved so fast from one album to the next that uh it, it's completely absolutely noticeable how much he improved and he was already great but um yeah it's just uh, excellent excellent album i like the songs i think better on blizzard of oz but the quality of his guitar playing on the diary of a madman is just through the roof. Yeah. So. Uh...
0: So as, as far as if I had to give some kind of rating to British Steel from Juice Priest, it being a giant metal piece in the puzzle that created metal, I do have a few gripes on it, one, one being the feeling of United, uh, but I still would probably have to say I'd give this album an A- minus if I, if I have to give a ranking to it. Yeah, I, uh, I I I I won't put that on you if
1: you don't want to. <laughs> oh no, no, I I wouldn't. Well, I mean, if it was you know grading system or you know one through ten, or whatever. If I was to do uh, a number system, I would say like a nine and a half. So it's pretty much along, along the lines with you. Um, it, it does have a couple weaker points to it. Um, yeah. But as far as how influential it was, uh, yeah. there's no comparison. It just, uh, it, it sent heavy metal at the time through the roof along with uh, several other albums that came out at that time. It was just propelling it to, to the point of like we had the Us Festival, mm-hmm. seven, seven metal bands 300,000 people in that place, you know? You ain't going to get that anymore. But at that time, that's how popular it was. And they had different days. They had the, the New Wave Day. They had a Country Day. Pale in comparison
0: as far as the attendance. The Heavy Metal Day was packed. And yeah. it, it's probably, as far as America is concerned, the biggest metal show that ever happened. So... Yeah. But also with so many with so many people saying, if I had to describe one band to say this is what heavy metal is, and so many of them say Judas Priest, that's kind of a big accolade. Oh yeah, they may not have been the ones to start heavy metal, but they were the first one to kind of coin it. But they are heavy metal, even though because we can we can always say Black Sabbath started it. <clears throat> But they did not know that they were that. They were like, we right. were doing their own thing.
1: They didn't know at the time. But the, the irony or coincidence is that both Sabbath and uh, Judas Priest are from the same town, Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And from what they say, the sounds coming from the factories of the metalworking factories is that constant. Boom and so they're they're hearing that in school all day long, and it's it's getting into their blood their, that the tempo and the power. Yeah. And so they expressed it in their music. Mm-hmm. And so good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so
0: yeah, unless you had any other kind of interesting info as far as the album, the band at the time, or how it was, you know, for you experiences. Uh, I am though curious, I did say how many times I listened to it this week how many times did you have to revisit it?
1: Um, I I listened to it once um, but I usually will catch a song here and there you know, on my playlists anyway, you know yeah. but, you know, I definitely I have uh, you don't have to be old to be wise popping up on my playlist all the time <laughs> because I love that song um and and metal gods for that matter so you know it's it's never too far from from me but yeah yeah, i listened to it uh start to finish a couple days ago and to me it's just as fresh as it ever was great album did, did you did you mention if you
0: had the vinyl or do you still have the vinyl
1: i i don't have any metal vinyl (laughs) I am ashamed to say, but I can, I can blame that on being a teenager that smoked too much pot. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because, because there was my record store, um, they sold used records, therefore they bought used records. And if I didn't have any money, (laughs) I ended up selling them. So that was dumb, dumb on my part. And what was even worse is once the CD came out,
2: mm-hmm. um, it literally took maybe a couple of
1: months and vinyl seized production and it just went straight to the CD. It happened so fast. And then everybody, yeah. started, everybody started replacing their collections with CDs. hmm and now vinyl's been coming back. I know, and I'm glad it has because um, a lot of a lot of people call it a more uh, warmer sound. But the one thing you don't get with a cassette tape or a CD, the artwork. Yes. Some of these albums, I mean, just they they spend a lot of uh, energy and time and money into putting a piece of art there before you even put the record on. Yeah, cause you know the artwork is the first impression,
0: and you know to kind of go with the artwork. How about the artwork for British Steel guy holding a? <laughs> On the a, razor plate. Yeah, yeah, holding the razor blade. It's like, oh geez, is <clears> that is this real? How much did he actually cut himself? <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's so many questions. This has to be kind of heavy and kind of you know cutting edge in a way. Yeah. For sure, uh, yeah, uh, and that's funny considering
1: I've even started my own vinyl collection now, so uh, well, you gotta have your got to get into your mom's. Oh, yeah,
0: we we dug through it, we found a couple of interesting things. Well, I'm sure so she, 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 like me, actually was a pretty big fan of soundtracks, too. Hmm. A number of like film soundtracks that were just like,
2: huh.
1: I'm pretty uh, sure she had uh she had Tommy. Yeah, she did. Probably <laughs> That's Never. A good chance. Yeah. Uh
0: but now, but now I at least know that, hey, if you don't have any huge priest album vinyls I think I know what to get you now. <laughs> so thank you well, for making nice. my
1: shopping easier. You know, and I and we actually did get a uh, a record player, so um, what limited vinyl we have, we can play it. So, but yeah, definitely got to start uh, beefing that collection back up.
0: I, I I have three different kinds of collections, so I always have to halt at some point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, you want to get? I guess do you want to give like any kind of preview as to far's? what albums might come up
1: on the book um, Moses? I think uh, the next one we can touch on Black Sabbath Paranoid. Um, they kind of did the first one. Yeah, their sophomore effort and that, as I mentioned earlier, was the one that I heard uh, my sister, your mom, playing. And I remember looking at that Weird cover with the guy in the helmet and the um, I don't know if those spandex pants or something, and then it's just a, kind of a funky. I remember, I remember looking at uh, album covers more than anything when I would go into her room. Just yeah. the, the crazy stuff that there was. Uh, Emerson, Lake and Palmer had a had a crazy one. Um, it, it was just a sight to see. Dark um, side of the like those co- it's almost like those covers are made to look like you don't have to be on drugs to see this. <laughs> That's right. But or, uh, they do like, that. Like the Rolling Stones, sticky fingers, there's a zipper on there, you know? Good stuff. Uh, yeah. Oh, and uh, yeah. her favorite, Alice Cooper, yep. the, school, the School's Out um, cover, actually was perforated... So that you could pull out little legs and sit it up, and the top was perforated so that you could, it would tear off and open up like a desk. And you could see all these like gum and pencils and stuff inside inside there. Mm-hmm. It was up just a picture, of course, but yeah. um, it was trippy. Uh,
0: I'm thinking somebody, though, the designer had to then. Sue somebody on Seinfeld because that sounds like the coffee table book. (laughs) Like, wait, did nobody notice this? They stole an Alice Cooper album. Uh,
1: Yeah. Oh, Uh, a little side note. If you haven't seen uh, Supermensch, have you heard of that? Supermensch? No. Supermensch. It's about, uh, his name is uh, Chef Gordon I believe he was, or is, has always been, the manager of Alice Cooper. Mm -hmm. And he's a manager for all kinds of different bands. He has, um, he is the reason that there's a food network. (laughs) This guy, you hear his stories and you can't believe him. I mean, it's like, this guy is full of shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's all true. <laughs> Everything he says is true, but the stories he has are just unbelievable. Oh. So, I think it's uh it's still on Netflix. Oh,
0: okay. Uh with with how much time I'll still have in, you know, co- covid-ish lockdowns out here, I'll probably get around to it at some point. And by lockdowns, I mean I'm choosing to stay in. Yeah. Uh and ju- and just as again a side note because we touched on it, how's it going out there for you guys? It's going pretty good actually. Um, the uh, the cases
1: are are low enough that um, restaurants on June fifteenth, uh, restaurants and businesses can go back to full capacity. Mm-hmm. So and I and I've got my shots. Um, Jennifer got hers. Um, Monique and Mariah, they they all got theirs. Um, my my cousins to everybody. <laughs> yep. So everybody uh, that matters is in the in the clear. <laughs> yeah, that's, but that's nice to hear. But there's still you know like Orange County. Um, they got a lot of people that are very resistant to being forced to get a vaccination. Uh, well, nobody's forced. Nobody's forcing anybody, but hey. If you don't want to take it and you want to get sick, go ahead. You know, it's not going to be me. Just, just, just trust me. It's probably least than the, what I usually see
0: enough to deal with out here. Yeah. Uh, in, in the, in this kind of County, they, they won't reveal how many of us at my job have gotten the shot. So that's, I think that's a sign, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, veering off of that. Uh, so yeah, uh, Judas Priest, Biz Steel, phenomenal album that has held up over the time and is a giant influencer for the metal scene and the metal community. But obviously, giant influence for you and in getting into guitar, so it's always a positive. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess, Um, you know, you want to do any kind of sign-off to the listeners here as far as Finishing up
1: and closing the book. On yep. this chapter. We can say uh, chapter one of the book of Moses is finished. Chapter one, British
0: steel. Again, <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, I hope you enjoyed this. Please check out the album if you have not. If these clips have gotten you into it, cool. That's what they are meant for. And if you can sit through United, you're fine.
1: <laughs> hey I like United I know I'm gonna keep busting you though for that <laughs> I'm sure you will you won't be the only one <laughs> uh, but you know young buck over here likes to poke <laughs> of course.
0: Uh, but you know th- thank you as always for your knowledge in this field and stuff because this is always what we can always talk about and have a good time with disgusting so yep. Absolutely. And, you know, they're, they're, I'm trying to work out more music stuff. It, it, it's hard because I have so many other things going on and a big thing that's about to happen in actual life, so there'll be a little less stuff for a little bit. All right. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, do you have any just it,
1: keep on rocking
0: out there or something like that?
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, well, the concerts are going to be rolling in now so after having nothing for a year and a half so um everybody's going to be hitting the road so
2: yeah
1: save your money get out there see some heavy metal good for the soul <laughs> it may say devil worshiping stuff but
0: it's good for your soul <laughs> Uh, as always, you want to find me on the socials, I'm Loco 89 on Twitter, and if you follow us, please spread the word. I like that. This has almost hit 900 listens. Thank you guys very much for this. Uh, so until next time, Moses, until we open this book up again, thank you for joining, and thank you for having a good time as best as you can. Alrighty. Thanks for having me. Yep. Thank you guys. Hey.